The night series of, of sorts in lesser known or really un, almost unknown people in the Bible. And of course, we picked out a very unique way to do this. We've just gone down through the alphabet and uh, we are all the way to the letter S. And the person that uh, I have picked tonight, there is not one full sentence uh, in the Bible about him. And uh, it is going to, I was trying to find on Father's Day to pick someone who had to do with, uh, with that. How many people know who Salmon was in the Bible? Okay, a couple of hands. You've heard of him because we're going through uh, these things in, in, uh, in our Sunday school time, going through the book of Joshua. And let's just start in Joshua chapter 6. Joshua chapter 6, and then we'll go to Matthew chapter 1, and then I'll read just a couple of other mentions here. Verse 21, Joshua chapter 6, And they utterly destroyed all that was in the city, both man and woman, young and old, ox and sheep and ass with the edge of the sword. But Joshua had said unto the two men that spied out the country, Go into the harlot's house and bring out thence the woman and all that she hath, as ye swear unto her. And the young men that were spies went in and brought Rahab and her father and her mother and her brethren and all that she had. And they brought out all her kindred and left them without the camp of Israel. And they burnt the city with fire and all that was therein, only silver and the gold and the vessels of brass and iron, they put into the treasury of the house of the Lord. And Joshua saved Rahab the harlot alive and her father's household and all that she had. And she dwelleth in Israel even unto this day because she hid the messengers which Joshua sent to spy out Jericho. Now, let's go to Matthew chapter 1. Matthew chapter 1, and we want to read verses 4 and 5 of Matthew chapter 1. In fact, let's get verse 1. It says, The book of the generation of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. And, and we'll just go on through. Abraham begat Isaac, and Isaac begat Jacob, and Jacob begat Judas, and his brethren, and Judas begat Pharez and Zerah of Thamar, and Pharez and begat Eshram, and Eshram begot Aram, and Aram begot Aminadab, and Aminadab begot Nason, and Nason begot Salmon, our person in question tonight. And Salmon begat Boaz of Rechab, and Boaz begot Obed of Ruth, and Obed begat Jesse. Now, in the New Testament, we'll have the names being spelled just a little bit different than many of the names spelled in the Old Testament. That's the difference between Hebrew and Greek as these records. And sometimes in the Old Testament, you will find the names spelled different in different books. And one of the reasons why you will find those names that are spelled different is because of the time in which the books were written. We have names that are changed. We have spellings that have been changed. We don't deal with that much in modern English. But if you have any document that was really, that was printed 
uh, much before all, oh, let's say, 1750 is a fairly borderline date there, you can find the same word spelled different ways in the same document. Uh, that, was that was not an issue. Uh, sometimes I think I was born to live in that time period because I have real problem with spelling. Uh, I would have done well then. I wouldn't have had any problems uh, because they just spelled things different ways. But the Rahab or Rachab here in verse uh, 5 is the Rahab that we just read about. Uh, she was married to a man named Salmon. Now, Salmon is listed here because this is the genealogy of the Lord Jesus Christ, humanly speaking. Of course, you understand the Bible. He has no beginning of days. He has no end of days yet. He took upon him human flesh and dwelt among us. Uh, the Bible name you will find here in later in Matthew chapter 1, and his name shall be called Emmanuel, or God with us. And so, humanly speaking, Sam, Salmon was one of those people that God used to bring that lineage down from Abraham all the way down to Joseph, who married Mary, of whom was born Jesus. Now, Let's just take a few things here. Rahab was a harlot. That is condemned in the scriptures. That is not uh, something that is endorsed in any way, stretch, uh, any way, any form, under any circumstances. And yet, nowhere in the scripture is Salmon condemned for taking such a person to be his wife. That tells us one thing that when Rahab joined Israel, she was no longer a harlot. Amen? There is a picture here, something that we need to understand, something that we can get a hold of, be encouraged by, and this is reiterated all through the Scriptures, especially in the New Testament. There was a time when you were before without Christ, and your life was full of sin. When you found Christ, He changed your life. And that is what salvation is all about. And this man Salmon proves that to us by the fact that he married Rahab and there was no condemnation. There was only one man in the Bible who was commanded to marry a woman of, of this kind of lifestyle, and that was Hosea the prophet. He was to do that, to create a scandal, so the children of Israel would look at him and say, you're a prophet of God, and you married a woman like this? And he says, yes, here's the message from God. You're acting like my wife used to, because you are going away from me and worshiping false gods and doing all of this. And this was the message of Hosea. It's not a positive message. God was not happy with what was going on. But we have none of that with this man named Salmon. It shows us God's mercy in forgiveness of sin. The doctrine we call this is justification. When God justifies a soul, 
He erases the sin record. Amen? It doesn't matter what sins you have done. It doesn't matter what your lifestyle was. When you turn your heart and life over to Jesus Christ, He cleanses you from all sin. Isn't that a wonderful truth? And don't let the devil take you to the graveyard of forgiven sin. God says that He separates our sins as far from us as the east is from the west. That God forgets our sins. Not because He's just old and has too much on His mind, but He purposely puts those things out of His mind so that there'll be nothing, excuse me, so there'll be nothing interfering with His love relationship with us. Can we say amen to that? There also shows us another thing about this situation. God gives forgiveness for sin, but he also gives power over sin. One of the great struggles in the life of many people who lived in the world and were involved in all kinds of wickedness before they got saved, it just kind of seems like the change of the past kind of cling to them and want to follow them wherever they go. And, and they say, Pastor, I had a problem with this before I'm saved, and now I'm saved. I'm still having a problem with this. I, I want us to understand that if Rahab had gone back to her former lifestyle, the Bible says that the penalty was death. We have that not recorded in Scripture. God gives us forgiveness and justification Forgiveness of sin and justification from sin, but he also gives us power over sin that we can look to the future and live a life that is totally separated from our past. Isn't that a wonderful truth? God used that. In fact, Rahab herself is not mentioned in the Old Testament if it were not for the New Testament. And, and this... Note right here that we read in Matthew chapter 1, we really would not know that Salmon married Moses, who, I mean, wow. I told you, you got to listen close. Every once in a while, something comes out that wasn't meant to. That Salmon married Rahab, we would, we would have no real understanding that that had happened. I have no idea where Moses came from. Oh, wow. Minds are complex things, amen? Oh, let's keep moving. But then, one other thing that I just want to bring out, and of course our, our times on Sunday night are much shorter so we can allow more time for the prayer and other things. But it shows us how that a man named Boaz, who was a mighty prince, in the tribe of Judah could take to wife a young Moabitess named Ruth. You see, the Moabites were condemned. They said, in ten generations, they will not enter into the congregation of Israel. Now, how many of you could go back ten generations in your family? Well, well, somebody's done a lot of genealogical research. Most of us can't get back anywhere near 10 generations. I can go back four 
Just to give you an idea, if I go back to my great-great-great-grandfather, he was born in 1795 and fought in Napoleon's army. That's a long time ago. The Bible said unto ten generations. That means forever. That means the Moabites were not allowed to become part of Israel. You say, well, did God break his rules? No, let's go back to the beginning here. What does God do for those who are willing? He forgives sin and justifies us cleaning our record as if we had never sinned. Amen? Number two, he gives us power over sin that we can live the kind of life that God wants us to live. And when God does this in your life, guess what he wants to do? He wants to use your testimony to bring other people to Jesus, to bring other people. The family of Israel, the nation of Israel is a picture. Uh, they are, yes, a physical and true people, but being part of Israel is a representation and understanding for us what it means to be a part of the family of God, how God brings people in. It was a complicated thing in the Old Testament to leave whatever people group you were from and become part of Israel. I mean, you had to study all 613 Old Testament laws. You had to carefully live and enforce every one of those in your life. You had to prove to the people that you living around that you wanted to be a part of Israel. You had to leave your national heritage and everything you knew and become part of Israel. And God did that for two ladies here. He did that for Rahab in the city of Jericho, and he did that for Ruth the Moabitess. You see, God's willing to save anyone who will be saved. The problem is people don't want to be saved. There was a lot of teaching and, and good teaching, I might say, at the conference on soul winning and on witnessing and, and, and those things. And, and we need to understand a couple of things about telling others about Jesus. God can save anyone. Can I hear an amen on that? I mean, aren't you a living testimony that God could save anyone? The problem is people don't want to be saved. They don't want to give up what they think they have or what they hope that they do have or all of these other things to serve God. Now, we find a wonderful story in the life of Salmon here. As he opened his home and his family name was called by the children that was born to he... And Rahab finished the sentence, Rahab the what? We know her today as Rahab the harlot. But that's really not an honest appreciation of her life, is it? Because God stopped all of those things in Rahab's life and allowed her to become part of Israel. Her husband would take her sacrifices to the tabernacle and God accepted them. Where can you find that kind of story outside this book called the Bible? 
You just can't. How did Rahab hear the message of the God of Israel? Primarily just rumors. She had heard they crossed the Red Sea. Now, Rahab didn't leave Jericho and travel the 60 or so miles, whatever it was, down through uh, the desert there to watch the children of Israel cross the Red Sea. By the way, that had happened over 40 years before at this point. That was probably before Rahab was born, I would imagine. But when those two spies came into town, what did she do? She hid them, didn't she? She said, I'll protect you if you'll protect me. They said, deal. Now, we don't make deals with God. But why did Rahab hide them? You read Hebrews chapter 11. She wanted their God. God always wants people. You want to be saved, God will find a way for you to do it. You want to rebel against God and ignore him and say he doesn't exist and pretend the words of this book don't, aren't true? God will help you do that too. But the story of Salmon is, as a Jewish man, as a believer in the law, as a witness of the things. Now remember, Salmon wasn't 20 years old when they came through the Dead Sea. He was a little boy. If he had been that over 20 years old, he would have died in the wilderness. He was a young man. He had, I, he had seen the miracles in Egypt as a little boy. He was a believer in God. I'll tell you one thing for sure. He didn't want to repeat the sins of his father and die in the wilderness. Amen? And yet when he saw this wicked, vile woman being taken into the nation of Israel, let's not read into this what dirty-minded people would. Oh, she was a beautiful woman, a lot more beautiful than all the Israelites. So No, that, there's no evidence of that at all in the Scripture. But there was evidence of something called faith. Rahab was one of the few women mentioned in Hebrews chapter 11. There was a man that loved faith in God. Amen? You say, you're just making all this up. Well, there's no verse in the Bible that says Salmon married Rahab because of her faith. There's no verse that says he married her because of her beauty. But there's no verse that said there were men standing in line to get Rahab to be their wife. Now, is there? It says she lived in Israel even to this day. We find a man here giving us an example of the love Christians ought to have for the world in which they live. He did not hold her past against him. And when Boaz was born, Boaz carried on that family name just as if his wife were Jewish and all of the other things were fulfilled. We see a wonderful picture of God's forgiveness, God's justification, of God's power to change the way that we live. 
and of paving the way so that others may follow in the same path. We don't know much about Solomon. I'm looking forward to shaking his hand when I get to heaven. Amen? God is in the saving business. And he doesn't save you today so you can go out and live for the devil tomorrow. That didn't happen with Rahab. He saves you today so that you can have a part in his plan of redemption. Now, you're not going to have a descendant that is the Lord Jesus Christ that's already happened. Amen? But what you can do is you can take the message of this book to other people. That's God's plan of redemption. We can't make a person get saved. Aren't you glad about that? Aren't you glad somebody can't come up and, I want you to get saved. If you, I'm not letting you go. I knew a guy one time, he told the story of, he was actually in prison. And the chaplain said, are you the only one here? He says, I'll be right back. So he goes, cell number one. He says, come on, you're going to the chaplain's meeting. He says, you've got to be crazy. <laughs> come on, let's go. Yeah, I'll go. And so he started dragging the guys out of their cells and throwing them into the seats. Now, he says he did that. I don't know if he's just making up a story or not. But he said once the chaplain saw what was going on, he said, whoa, wait a minute here. That's not how we want people to come to church, to the service tonight. It wasn't church. It was in a prison. God doesn't use those kinds of methods. But I'll tell you, wicked people do, and a whole lot worse, don't they? You take the message out, and you keep giving it till you find somebody wants to hear it. Amen? And as you give that message, who does the winning or the saving of the souls? God does. And that's what we're trying to accomplish. And all God's people said, let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for the story of Salmon. There's so little that is recorded for us, but yet, Lord, we can see these things as clearly as we would wish. That Salmon took this woman of vile and evil past and brought her into the heritage line of, the, of Jesus Christ himself. Lord, the pictures of your forgiveness and your mercy are so powerful. We ask that they would touch the hearts of each one of us here. But most importantly, Lord, we ask that as we go through this coming week, that you'll remind us of Salmon and his faith to take such a woman to be his wife and that we would take your message to the world in which we live. Lord, we pray that we would not fear man or be afraid of what people will do. We pray that you would give us wisdom to abide by the, uh, the restrictions that are often placed upon us. But Lord, that we would be honest and faithful to take that message to the world in which we live. That whosoever will would hear the gospel message. Lord, we ask that you would make us faithful 
in our testimony to others of your salvation. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.